This is episode 184 of the Inner Fight Podcast with your coaches, Matt, Neil, and Phil. Thank you very much for tuning in to this another episode of the podcast. My name is Mark Smith, founder of InnerFight.com, and as weekly, I'm joined by our coaches, Neil, Matt, and Phil. Special appearance from Neil today in the podcast to answer all our questions related to endurance. No matter where you are in the world, thanks for tuning in. Let's jump right in. Compliments and even controversy are the feedback that I'm getting from the last podcast. Podcast. So Matt, Phil, and our special guest today, Flanners. We've got to be a little bit careful this week. We got. I mean, we got in trouble last week, big time. <laughs> we did. We did. I mean, mate, it was largely centered around one individual, which my lawyers have advised me not to uh, mention his name specifically. But if anyone's looking for the video that we discussed last week about the bench press situation from linda i've had to take it down sorry it was a good video we've all seen it it's a good video but that was the feedback from from last week so a little bit a little bit of controversy there and some compliments as well yeah. people actually think we're quite funny jonathan was happy jonathan it, was yeah, very happy he's, yeah, he's been taking more time with his uh color combinations <laughs> his so. color combinations yeah. <laughs> lee lee now realizes how red his face is does he but yeah so yeah. that's it that, 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 <laughs> it could be a bit of a He didn't know it was call. that red. He was like, really? I didn't know my face was that red. Didn't, didn't realise. <laughs> that's, well, that's what happens, I guess, when you don't have mirrors in the gym. You don't realise how how you might look. Yeah. Like, sometimes your hair, Jones. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, you know, it's out there. It's out there. It's up and down, yeah. And joined specially today by endurance guru, Flanners. Morning. Flanners. <laughs> here he is. I think only a handful of people know that you actually work here, mate. Too busy out there just doing stuff to be in here all the time. <laughs> doing stuff. Doing stuff. <laughs> Obviously, we're going to jump into to a little bit more detail about what that stuff is that you're doing later on, especially related to Hesketh and what you've been doing with him. But, yep. mate, just, just, just so people don't feel that you're a stranger, just give us a quick overview of, of what you do and, and, and what sort of people should be getting in touch with you. Everyone. Um, no, we, uh, so I, I look after the endurance program for, for NFI and, and work with quite a range of people, actually, from all the way from our own Phil Hesketh CrossFit Games legend down to... Um, down to... We've got ultra-marathon runners, ultra-distance cyclists, mountaineers, so... Any sort of event that's going to take you a long time to, to finish it, I'm your man. Is that why your meetings last for hours? <laughs> just step by step. It's like, okay. Do you talk especially slowly or is it just there's a lot to cover in ultra I events? I think I've got a lot to say to people when it comes to this sort of thing. <laughs> Mate, I also don't want to forget uh, some of the data that, that we were both looking at the other day. We should, we should briefly mention that. I know you're working on an article about that. Yep. So, but our, our, our actual real host or, or our content provider, Hesketh, has, has managed to dish up some, some interesting topics today. Phil, I mean, 
the first one says belts, yes or no. Is this just generally yes. in life? Should I be wearing a belt? <laughs> <laughs> if your trousers are too big. <laughs> I should. So if my trousers are too big, I should wear a belt. And if not, no need. Yeah. What's the okay, subject next. here, mate? What's going on? Um, just seeing a lot of a lot of more people um, coming into the gym these days, and the belts are, are coming out and creeping on for a lot of workouts, and uh, it's something that um, probably should talk about because people want to know. You know, they always ask me, oh, "Why is that guy wearing a belt? Or should I be wearing a belt? Is it going to make me stronger? Is it maybe you know stop my back hurting?" And yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things about it that but, probably but, aren't true. We're, we're, Jonesy, I don't really. I, I've never really seen you wear a belt. Like, yeah, I, I haven't for ages. And anyone that, you know, they got like a their best deadlift with the belt on. We used to go, oh no, but it was with a belt. <laughs> so, uh, Is that almost like I wearing think straps? Where come from? Oh, straps. <laughs> that's just um, to stop your hands from go ripping. Slowly on yeah, that yeah, one right. these days. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I've. I've read a lot that if it's around 90, 95% and, you know, going for one RM, then, yeah, maybe we're about, but anything other than that, don't. Don't, Just yeah. try and get your core naturally yeah. kind of strong. Mate, but, I, um, I, I, I know as, as well for you, you've also sort of shied away a lot from, and, and this is probably another thing that we could tie in or leave for another time, but from, from lifting shoes for squatting. I often see you do your Olympic lifting in lifting shoes and then you'll go to squat, but you'll just go back to flat shoes. Yeah, I, don't, I just feel more comfortable with it. But you've been doing it on the box, though, as well. Yeah, yeah. Quite yeah. A lot, so like that makes obviously a difference there. Yeah, I don't feel like really need the lifting shoes mm. for that. But but I mean, with, with the belts, what, yeah. with the belts, what I, what I would say is, and the advice that I give people is, if if you're going for a one rep max, yeah, and it's you know it's important to you, it's some sort of like it's an actual. There's a reason to be lifting that one rep max. You know, you've been you've been waiting to do it, and yeah. you really want to test yourself then stick it on for safety and yeah. I do believe that you get like an extra sort of 5% from it and it does make you feel mentally feel you know stronger and it's yeah a bit of a mental yeah, thing as well a bit of a backup but I I never wear one in training yeah um like especially not in workouts I just think there's the, the most uncomfortable things ever like when you're trying to breathe heavy and you've got a belt on yeah the only times I wear them is if like it's the very last set of something and I feel like I need that little bit of extra um, yeah. or if I'm in a competition I know it's just going to give me a little bit of an extra and you've got boost. something like that yeah. in, in, in a competition or high rep deadlifts which obviously yeah. we don't program too much of you know then then there's a little bit of a benefit I, I really there. Don't, don't like them for deadlifts though like no. even, even if I was doing a like a, a workout with heavy deadlifts I wouldn't wear it. I kind of prefer it more for squats. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a lot better for your midline in there. Whereas with the deadlifts, I feel like it almost makes me relax more, and I end up bending my back more bending, with, with, yeah. with it on. I think on the squat as well. I think we come a little bit reliant on it, and 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 don't perhaps contract our core as much and and, and turn on those yeah. muscles that that we actually need to be able to do a good squat yeah. if we're using it the whole time. Yeah. I think in training you should definitely sort of ditch the belt, build yeah. your midline up, and then. You know, every so often you want to go nuts and test the one rep max and stick it on, and you'll probably you probably increase by yeah. uh, by a bit. I mean, it's it, you know, my my simple thoughts on it, it, it is the same. You know, w- walking with a walking stick or a Zimmer frame makes walking easier, but yeah. we don't do it the whole time. But when you know, if we're super tired or or super intoxicated, obviously walking with a Zimmer frame or a walking stick is 
is, but I think is, for like, is a lot easier for like new people coming in and like yeah. they haven't been training for like more than six months and then yeah. already trying to use a belt. I just yeah. think that yeah. first six months to a year definitely don't use a belt. You Would know? you be going along the same lines for for lifting shoes, guys? I mean. You know, we see, we see obviously a lot of people come in, and at early stages they see other people who are who may be a little bit better than them, or or they perceive to be better, and they're starting comparing themselves against them, and they're like, "Oh, he's got lifting shoes, I need some lifting shoes." Yeah. Is, is, I is think that a similar you shouldn't thing? see these things as like a solution to a problem. To a problem. Like that, if you've got a bad back, it's probably because you've got a very weak core, or yep. you don't activate your glutes, or something like that before you do lifting. Right. So you should actually do that. Okay. Yep. Ask ask one of the coaches. You know, how can I? I've always got a sore back after deadlifting. You're probably not using your glutes or hamstrings at all. Yeah. So we need to kind of go over and how you get those muscles like switched on and warm yeah. to use or you know, strengthen your core. Don't just stick a belt on and think, this is going to stop me having back pain. Plus, I, I guarantee it won't. And Mate. the same thing with lifting shoes. Like It gives you that bit of extra mobility. You can go lower in the squat, especially yeah. when the bar's overhead. But Unless then you're you need super to, yeah. mobile like me. And then, then you need, need to, to address... You need to address, you know, your hip mobility and ankle yeah. mobility. The shoes isn't going to fix that. Yeah. It's a temporary sort of solution. I actually think, Flanners, at one stage you bought some lifting shoes. and <laughs> I did. I, think we might I don't know where tried, they are. I think we might did have tried them out recently. You bought those camo yeah. ones, remember? Oh, that's they right. were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> camo ones. They, they, in the they got back lost in the, in the, the, the engine. Yeah. I actually think they're in Nat's office still somewhere. If anyone wants a... Uh, about a ten-year-old pair of Reebok, <laughs> lightly used, very, very lightly used, mate. I mean, on uh, going on to the next point, Phil, you, you said it there. You know, masking a problem or something that that's not working. We we get this this second question quite a lot. Sort of, where where should I be feeling this? What, oh, that was what? Jonesy's Jonesy's question. Yeah. It? So, Jonesy, what? why do I get this question? Because you came so, up to me. No, no, I'm just saying. Why do I get it? You yeah. Why, why do people um, ask you that all the time? I you, guess you just look some like people that. Um, <laughs> well, the answer is your whole face should be feeling. <laughs> but, um, but I think like a lot of people that come from um, you know global gyms, bodybuilding backgrounds, and they've been taught, okay, when you're doing this exercise, you've got to use you know one joint or one muscle. So yeah. I mean, a perfect example is usually like with the power clean, for example. It's like, oh, but where should I be feeling this? And it's just like, oh, here we go again. But, um, you know, the answer is everywhere, I guess. You yeah. Know, like if you're sitting, you know, you're back in a good position. If your sit-up's good from the start, then, yeah, it's a total body movement. Yeah. Um, and it's at the, at the time, they're not going to – you could say, oh, you're going to feel it. You've you got to feel it through your glutes, yeah. your hemis, your, your posterior chain, and then already you've probably lost that person. So. Um, I mean, that, that, that's one of the things as well. I think I think when people are starting out or people are, are relatively sort of developing body awareness and, 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 and what's supposed to feel, remember a lot of people haven't done a lot of exercise for a long time. And, yeah. you know, and then we get people that say, oh, my glutes aren't working or something like, do you not actually know how to, like, what that should feel like? That's one question as well because I can tell you, yeah, like if I do a load of power cleans, then my posterior chain's going to be sore the next day. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. okay, so I've woken up this morning, I've got a bad back. Well, that's the posterior chain. Like, oh, so that's a good thing. I did a really good job. Well, maybe not. So there's kind of there's kind of some gray area around that as well, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like often maybe on kettlebell swings, yeah. people chat about it then. Um, yeah. All, pretty much all the compound movements we go through. Yeah. yeah. What's that funny? <laughs> you just get very angry about it. It's, I think it's a waste of your one daily question. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, from now on. So don't ask yeah. that question. Don't, don't ask don't Jonesy. Yeah. Don't ask, <laughs> ask Flanners. Ask Flanners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send them upstairs, guys. We'll send them upstairs. Monday to Wednesday morning. Ask any question you want. He's uh, he's obviously got a lot of answers. Always happy to help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's. I mean, it, 
it is a valid point. I think we need to probably focus yeah. a little bit more on what, what, what muscle group am I supposed to be activating to, to, to move this weight rather than... Yeah, and that's than where I guess like the pure strength classes, you know, yep. seems yep. to be a popular one. Like you, you'll get the chance to sort of, you know, get a feel for the movement. You taught there, that so. on Saturday? No, I didn't actually. I did. Did you? Phil taught that. How was it? It was good. Yeah? Good curls. Yeah, curls. There were some curls. curls. So yeah. That's two times we've let you loose on the programming. You've put curls in both <laughs> times. Maybe hammer curls next week. I don't know. It's good. Do you see a big good... <laughs> but, uh, I mean, mate, at the end of that, uh, the feedback but, that I've got yeah. from that is that people are are, yeah. are, are, are feeling it the next day. Yeah, we did, yeah we, did, um, so we did a lot of uh, deadlifts and... Right. Perfect step-ups, as you yeah. sometimes call them. I like to call them. Yeah. Hey, by the way, this morning I didn't tell them it was stiff-ish deadlifts. Because oh, <laughs> <laughs> Simon came and he goes, what's a... And I went, oh, here we go. Stiff- I told Stiff-ish a couple like- of them that they're like, should it be, you know, it's a, the, the movement is stiff sumo, stiff leg sumo deadlifts. And we had a discussion about it last week, stiff-ish. Because sometimes Haley actually said that she has, I don't know, a doctor told her that she has hyperextended knees and they're going back and I said well just make your legs stiff-ish and she, she actually looked a bit, a bit funny when I said that but I'm, I mean I'm okay with it but deadlifts and a lot of isolation stuff again yeah. in pure strength and it, so we were really trying to activate that sort of hamstrings and glutes and stop them using the lower backs like and I said to him yeah. you know if anyone if you feel your lower back tomorrow then you, you might not, have done you, this you've wrong. probably not done it quite right you've yeah. not focused on using those because as much as we can tell people, oh, you should do this, you, you know, you really have to actually work to contract certain muscles. Yeah, we absolutely. can't go and do that for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the feedback was ev- next day, like everyone just, you know, smashed posterior check, like uh, glutes and hamstrings really, yeah. really sore. A lot of difference. And oh, that's what you, you know, that is what you want them to be f- feeling at the end of that. Not that they come in after a deadlift session and like my lower back is trashed. Well, we'll see where you're. We obviously record this on on a Monday for release. On Thursday, we had deadlifts in today, so let's see uh, how, how the feedback is. Not so many deadlifts, and that, that's actually why we don't pre- program deadlifts too often because to make sure people see it. But we're we're actually putting it in a lot in in more isolation, so we actually get people to understand what that how to isolate that muscle and how to feel it in the right way. Yeah. Let's do it then. Come on, Flanners. Let's talk about endurance. Give us give us the hard love of endurance within CrossFit, within the fitness world. You've been around us for, for, for a while now, so and you've you obviously <laughs> you've obviously taken a lot of interest, mate, in, yep. in, in how endurance has moved into into CrossFit. How is CrossFit an endurance sport now? I mean, we've seen triathlons in the CrossFit Games. We've seen half marathon rows. Yep. We've seen. One mile run, which for a lot of CrossFit athletes is very challenging. It's a long way. Yep. Yeah, it was two miles. Where in Merv? <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was two. Um, or one and like nearly two. <laughs> so, what 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 have you seen happen, mate? In sort of a, a more a move in endurance within the CrossFit community, and what, what what's your sort of take on things right now? Yeah, I mean, just as you just said, like you say, the last couple of years has been triathlon. There's been swimming events at both the last two games that I've seen, um, and, and you know, I don't see any reason why that's going to change in the near future. You look at a lot of the events. There's a lot of running now. There was that one last year. Was it regionals? It was the double unders, rowing and running. Is that regional start there. The, machine, the true form, yeah, yeah. This year's regionals, yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. yeah. Um, and I think you know, if you wish to be 
considered the best athlete on the planet, you've got to be able to run more than five minutes without falling over. So, which Phil Hesker was a problem, which hasn't it always was. been the case. But I remember you telling me, mate, and uh, that you, I know you're not going to like this, and you'll screw your face up. But do you remember when you told me that they're never going to test running at regionals because there's no way to do it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, good. Okay, right. We'll carry on. Yeah, he's so unhappy. But it's been interesting <laughs> actually. Treadmill to, <laughs> to, to work <laughs> with. Uh, <laughs> I was second off the treadmill in the final heat. It was great. Oh, yeah. I was really happy. And then, and then the GHDs. Yeah. What was the hardest part of that? GHDs, no pace, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Wow. No pace. No, no pace control. I've <laughs> <laughs> seen Here the evidence. We go. Sorry, Flanners. Carry on, yeah. mate. No, um, so, but it's been, re- it's been pretty cool, actually, since this year's games to work with our own Phil and another couple of, uh, of games-level athletes. Um, hey, mate, you can't down-talk it. You've got three of the top... CrossFit athletes yeah. within the region, yeah. doing your program. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. And and the one thing that I've noticed I'll is that you, the one thing that I've noticed is that these guys kind of intuitively understand what you're trying to get them to do. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it's not like a big explanation. So you, you know, Phil, I've given him some swimming drills to stop him sinking, and and he just kind of, you know, just kind of gets it and gets on with it. So so it's not it's not just running. We're looking at. I mean, for these guys for these guys specifically, we're looking at swimming yeah. and. And running as well yeah. because of the amount of swimming that we see. Yeah, yeah. So swimming. So it's not just here's a bunch of sessions go away and do it. There's some technical yeah. work as well because the bottom line is you know running and swimming. If you're technically good, in the same way as you know if you had to do 100 snatches, if your yeah. technique is good, then yeah. you, you'll be okay. And uh, mate, you you guys were talking about it a little bit before before we started recording. The objective here in in for example, let's take someone like Phil, or it, do, it doesn't matter if it's Phil or, or one of our of our gym users. Yep. The objective that you're looking at is if we put running within a workout with other exercises, that that's almost the recovery period yeah. for them. Yep. So so what what pace can you let's say for example this year you had that the muscle up running workout in the the, the finals. Yes. Last year we had the running and uh, the yoke walk. Yeah, so was, uh, like, yeah. So it's like if the bulk of that workout is the yoke carry. Yeah. yeah. How fast can you run and still be recovering so that you're ready to carry it when so you get back? So your objective is to let these guys recover. Yeah. When during the workout at a reasonable pace. Yeah. At a reasonable pace. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that. So and 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 let's just go back to that because what we see as coaches here is the worst part. What's a, a recent? Well, yesterday's workout was one k run, fifty thrusters. Yeah. How many people look at the board and look at that and just go? <gasps> All they see yeah. is one k run. But what you're now saying is, what you're finding out with people, or yeah. what you're able to do with people, is program them at a certain level that they basically can run that as fast as possible and then pick up the barbell yeah. and just punch and out just the thrusters. straight into it. And that's the, you know, so for example somebody's threshold running speed might be four and a half minutes per k it doesn't really matter what it is so so the temptation for that sort of workout would be to run at 4.15 per k and then right. stand gasping for air for the next 30 seconds until they can pick the bar up whereas if you can run at 4.30 4.40 per k pace yeah. and get straight in and get straight on the bar then you've actually saved yourself a bit of time right um, so you, yeah I mean with that simple example you've saved sort of five to ten seconds yeah. straight away which makes a difference right so what does it look like for for Phil like because and, and then let's talk about how we can apply this 
down into perhaps someone who's just walked in off the street because we, we do get that yesterday people were hating the 1k run they're like this workout has so many run so much running in it yeah. it's like guys it's got a hundred thrusters in it but they never see that <laughs> yeah. so how does it look at the top level mate what do you do with these guys and and and, and how do we break that down to get to reach that objective so what what we're looking at really is to understand what is his threshold speed which basically means that's the sort of speed where would be a sort of typically a 10k pace whereas you if you run consistently let's say a bunch of 800 meter I want to see Phil run 10k yeah, yeah. so do I it will, it will happen at I some point I you do a well. snatch yeah I can do one I can do one no, I'm sick at the moment he's John, sick Jonesy's run 40k through the desert once yeah that was a while ago easy sorry so, so if we if we kind of know what his what his threshold running speed is, and then you know, depending on the event, like you can just you can just scale up or down from that um, right. to, to to either recover or just to get to get work done. So we'll, we've done a lot of work at around that ten k pace with really really small interval periods, right? So that you never actually recover be- before you start again. And, and you know, so let's say it's I don't know six eight hundreds or eight eight hundreds, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I'm not really interested in the first one or two. I'm interested in the, the seventh and eighth one. Yeah. And what what sort of if a lot of people when it comes to running, mate, we think we look directly at heart rate because that's what people yep. understand. If you if you say something like that, if someone's going to go out and do eight sets of 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 whatever you prescribe what sort of percentage of heart rate are they at in that to bring to bring that efficiency at a 10k pace uh, under I mean, control depends on the individual i mean like yeah. you know I, I ran a half marathon a little while ago now and uh, <laughs> i think i was at 92 percent of my maximum heart rate for an hour and 20 odd minutes yeah that's good going. which which you know which not everyone will do but you know i was well trained for that um, yeah so I think it's more there's, a, there's definitely an element of trial and error and as yeah. Phil saw in some of his early sessions he perhaps yeah. pushed a little too hard too soon and, and you know and, pay, and you the pay the price few. for it yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, so, sometimes you look at the session and it's like 400 metres and you get like 30 seconds rest and it's so many rounds and you think oh it's only 400 metres yeah. but when you actually add up the total amount of distance that you're running and you go too hard at the start, then it just it does really catch up on you quickly. Yeah. So is that like that day that you gave me that bike thing that was like over three <laughs> hours and like an hour and a half of it was at like a hundred percent effort and it's like written as recovery? Similar. Guilty. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember the uh, first run I did with you, and it was part of your program there, um, Flax. Yep. And um, it was a uh, six by eight hundred, and then yep. we we're driving there, me, you, and Ben, and then you had a plan, he had a plan, and then someone asked me, and I just went, oh, I'm just going to run, man. Yeah. and that didn't work well for me at all <laughs> so, um, but the following week I actually went off the pace and tried to stick to the same yeah. time per whatever it was yeah. and so much better so, so much better and that was the first yeah. time I've actually yeah. done that so having, now, having the watch and, and yeah. trying to learn different paces a lot of the stuff that you give me is either a 10 a 5 or a 3k pace yep. depending yeah. on the distance and trying to learn those paces how they feel and then some of the sessions you say try not to look at the watch yeah and try and still run at that pace which is that's really applicable to the crossfit stuff yeah i was saying to um flanners that i did the we did the running and chester bars a, a week ago yeah and yeah, it was a good example you know, i didn't have the watch on then obviously but doing the 400 meter runs in between the chester bars like my pace was way better than than it would have been yeah a few months ago and you could really relate it to the track when you're running like i know what this speed i know what speed i'm running at now and i know that if i go faster than this then it, you know i'm really probably going to suffer two or three rounds in yeah or you know that okay i'm going way too slow i can run these intervals faster yeah yeah you know, so is it, it what do you guys think like i know there's a certain 
part within CrossFit or a certain community within CrossFit that is really strict on monitoring speeds and heart rates during a workout. What, what do we think with, with regards to that? Like obviously, when, when you did the 400-meter run, mate, and, and the chest bars, you're just doing it against the clock and based on pretty much how your body feels, based on the training you've done. Are we going to come to a stage where... Where yeah we we sort of yeah this is a longer workout let's let's wear a heart rate uh, uh. maybe I mean if it was going to be if it was going to be a ten k run or a fifteen k run yeah, yeah. you'd probably want to have it on but yeah. I, you know like the, the bulk of those running workouts seem to be you know to do a piece of work yeah. and then four hundred six hundred but the thing is like if I'm doing if you if you were doing a ten k run at a competition across the competition. I'd win. and you're wearing this heart rate heart heart rate monitor and you're like okay my heart rate can't go over this. Yeah, and you're run, you're running away, and you're getting close to the end. Um, you know, you know, I've got a few k to go, and someone overtakes you, and you look at your heart rate and go, "Oh my god, if I go faster and try and overtake him back, my heart rate's going to go too high." Then, yeah, I think I, I think sometimes in training it's good. Yeah, but I think in in competition that I I see people wearing them, and I think like, well, what do you really care about your heart rate right now? Like you're yeah. trying to win the workout. I don't care how high my heart rate is. I want to beat the person that's, if you're, that I'm against. If your heart's like, at 60% and you're winning, you're yeah, happy. Yeah, and you, know, you wear it all that time in training so that almost you can learn. You, you want to learn what it feels, how, yeah, how it what feels, it feels yeah. like to be at max yeah. heart rate so that, yeah. that you're exactly three rounds into a five-round workout and someone overtakes you and you think, yeah, I can definitely push harder than this. I've done things like this in training all the time. Yeah. I know that I'm not anywhere near my max heart rate or you one round into a workout someone overtakes you and you're already at max heart rate you probably should just let that person go and make sure no one else overtakes you <laughs> you know you got to kind of learn talking it. talking about the data and the data in training i know flanners you love data as much yep. as i do and 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 everything you do for all of your athletes is managed through through training peaks yep yep, yep. so what how does the progression work obviously sort of phil and 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 and, and steve Fawcett and carmen started working with you a while back now yeah. and it's been a couple of months how does that progression work when you're capturing the data so you're capturing from phil his time intervals so the splits yep. and heart rate as well yep so uh, how, how does it become progressive but also, to, to monitor the also, to also how, it, how it actually feels as well and that's i think yeah you know we i think we get we're guilty of perhaps being a little bit data orientated so for me yeah. it's like you know time is time and the heart rate is heart rate but uh, you know were you on your knees at the end of that workout or did it feel okay because if it, <laughs> if it felt okay is, there's a comment in that for training training peaks we know that <laughs> yeah if you felt okay at the end of that you probably not pushed hard enough and next time we might we might suggest some some better targets but I, I think you just you know you get to know the athlete and what they're capable of yeah and and the bottom line is you know look you never want to be in a position where their swimming and running is compromising his ability to lift weights and snatch and all the rest of it right? yeah because that's kind of not the point but yeah but equally you, you know we want him to be as fit and fast as possible so that when these events crop up in the future he'll be able to can jump in dominate them. yeah let's jump into the to the normal sort of what 90% of our population is or 80% of our, our, our population here is in the gym and those people that do look at the board and fear running what what's your advice for them mate like how can they obviously they'll look at Phil and go oh no it's it's for these guys it's you know I understand what you're saying but what what's the advice for them how can they develop their running in a way that actually makes them see the thrusters on the board instead of just the running yeah well run more good <laughs> It would so be a good pro- place to start. Mate, you, you can see the programming that we put on the board for next week. Is there enough running in there for you? I don't see a lot of running There's in there. There's 1.2K and then 
Mate, there's another K here. So this it's yeah, 2.2k in there that's, yeah 2.2k running a week well, maybe we'll stick some in the warm up come to the track with me on Tuesday yeah <laughs> but look you know it, it depends on what your objective is if you want to be able to, if you want to do a marathon you've got to spend time on your feet if, yeah. if your sole objective is to do some running as part of a CrossFit workout then you just need to do more of it I, yeah. I, 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 you know we can overcomplicate it but that's pretty but it's, much it's just be on your feet more often lucky I'm, uh, I'm probably the mental side that you talked about at the start don't look at the running and see that you know, try and look at it and think, okay, I'm going to run this at a pace that isn't going to make me upset about it. Yeah. And then I'm going to go, you know, I'll try and get upset about this. Yeah. When I'm doing them. Yeah. What do you yeah. do? We're on. Your machine's breaking. Something's happening. <laughs> it's all right. We yeah, can still. Lot, yeah. You just kind of, it's a bit of a mentality shift, isn't it? That you, yeah. And that's something that I want to, I want to change. Like when, when those long, longer workouts come up and I want to, I see those, running intervals in there I don't want to look at it next this is why I went straight to flies after I don't want to look at it and think and think straight away like oh, oh my god you know all this running and yeah. what, you know what pace am I going to do I want to just think like okay I know how to run that distance it might you know this pace or whatever and then I'll go really hard on the stuff that's not running like I mean all of this in, in its basic form and targeted back like I say to what we really care about that that 80% of of, of the community here is is kind of very simple to what we've said a lot on the rowing machine. Like we, the 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 if, if you're listening and you haven't been to the intro class, but you're thinking about coming and joining us, this advice is for you. Where we see in the intro class, we give the the the, the new clients a a baseline test, which starts with a 500 meter row. It then goes into 40 air squats, blah 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 blah. And what we see often is they absolutely hammer themselves in that 500 meter <laughs> row. <laughs> and by even the, when you say don't hammer yourself, even when you tell them not to. But like, I mean, and we've spoken about this a, a lot before, where we've seen, I guess, in, in in a lot of workouts, a lot more rowing, and we're like, okay, if I row that, I mean, what was the uh, what was the workout? The one, what is it? One k row, fifty thrusters, thirty pull ups. Jacket, Jackie. Jackie, that was in regionals a couple of years ago. Like, how much discussion behind that? If okay, if I sit on a if I sit on a one fifty five per five hundred meters, then I'm going to finish at three fifty, and then I'm going to be able to just pick the bar straight up. Yep. It, it, the principle is exactly the same, right? Exactly the same. Yeah. So everything that we're learning on the rowing machine, which shameless plug for Cameron Nickel, will be here in October. If you haven't signed up for his seminar get signed up innerfight.com slash rowing wad I think that's where it's at that is definitely where it's at there are places left on his elite training camp there's two places left on that all the others have sold out however there are places left on the seminar there's four seminars a day it's a two hour seminar which runs all over the weekend commercial breaks over back into it so it's the same principle right yeah. so, so you know if you've got you know certain types of rowing and something else workouts what pace you want to row at and you yeah. can see it right in front of you right that, that's the cool thing that people can actually see you know they know if they're going to row at 145 per 500 pace it's right in front of them yeah and for a lot of people they don't have that facility with running because they don't have the right piece of equipment yeah um, so then you have to learn it and it's you know there's a bit of trial and error if you, you say that we have it on the rowing machine, we're spoken a little bit about heart rate monitors. We understand that CrossFit yep. Games or in, in workouts, we don't want to sort of sort of have that. But if people are like, for example, coming to Cardio Club and like 
I'm not saying that cardio clubs repetitive, but our, our training principles that we apply in cardio club are very similar. You, you're going to be doing 400s. You're going to be doing 800s. Yep. Do you suggest, mate, that people make that investment in in something to monitor, which in this case is really either a heart rate monitor that, or, or, or that one that judges your speed as well? Do you think that's a useful tool to guide in a certain way? I, I do, because the, the issue that people will have is that when you if you start a workout that has a bunch of running in it and let's say it's a bunch of you know deadlifts and 400 meter runs yeah your your perceived effort let's say the first 400 meter run takes you a minute and 30 seconds right and that might be comfortable and then you know you go through four or five rounds of that your last one could could easily be let's say i don't know two minutes two two and a half minutes you still feel like you're working hard but actually your output has dropped quite significantly so if you don't have any way of capturing that you, yeah. you just don't know yeah so uh, i think uh, as well like when, what you said about the cardio club, um, because they're kind of all going together, yeah. um, a lot of people judge effort on who they're beating and who they're going against. Yeah. So me and you yeah. like, could do the 400-meter run together, the first one, yeah. and we both come in off that first 400-meter run. Your heart rate could be like down and yeah. nice and steady because you're a better runner than I am, yeah. and mine could be absolutely through the roof. My initial thought is like, Yes, I kept up with Marcus, but yeah. now we've got five more rounds to do, and I'm going to drop off every time. Every time, yeah. So really, you should be thinking about your own, thinking about your own training, and that, yeah. that monitor kind of gives you that. I know that the first time we went running with, I like going running with Jonesy because he's always behind me. <laughs> yeah, so I can just focus <laughs> on my. It's awesome. I can just focus on do you my like own that pace as well, and looking at <laughs> my watch. Someone's always behind me as well. But whereas <laughs> when I went with Ben. I kept yeah. looking at the watch, and it was always faster than the the, than the pace because be. I was like, oh, Ben's creeping in front of me the yeah. whole time. Yeah. yeah, Whereas I ran and I ended up running the whole thing way faster, and the pace started to drop off, set after set. Yeah. So, I think that's where the the monitor comes in really yeah. well. And the, if you want to get the watch with the pace on, then you're and in yeah, business. And there. you're kind of just working off your own paces and not thinking yeah. like, oh, a good score is to beat Marcus on a 400 meter run. Yeah. Not yeah to run at my We'll jump into comparing scores in a second, but I mean that's that's really the bottom line there, yeah. isn't it, Flanders? All these programs are okay. The 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 sets. It, it's almost like in the gym, the sets and the reps are very similar. Like we, we can all do the similar sets and reps, yeah. but the weights that we move for maximal benefit is all individualized. Yeah, totally. It has, and it has to be. But if you look at you know like any of the long chipper workouts from the last four years of CrossFit, where you know, Rich Froning typically wins, and he never win. He's never ahead in the first round, the second round, the third round. Right? It's the fourth nice and the example. fifth, yeah. the fourth and fifth. When you know he just simply doesn't slow down, and that's yeah. that's what I think people should be aspiring to. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, nobody cares who's who's ahead after round one. It's not relevant. It's not. It's pretty important at the end, though, right? Yeah. We are using up a lot of time. We don't want to keep you too long, folks. But there's there's one question left on on the, on the podcast host uh, Phil's agenda here. Number three on the board. Why don't we put scores on the board? You sort of almost jumped into it there, mate. We find ourselves a lot comparing to each other. What's Jonesy? You were we. It was it was the three of us decided about almost a, over a year longer. 18, a, yeah, maybe a year ago yeah. that we would stop. It's very f- traditional. For those of you who don't know and have, have sort of only seen how, how we operate here at InnerFight, it's very f- traditional for your names to go up on the board and every day you have a score. And we actually ran with that. We didn't at the start. No. Then we did for about a year or so. And then we've stopped for the last year. 
Jonesy, what were you seeing happening? Why do you think this is a good seen idea? Seen a few uh, whiteboard snipers. Yeah. Whiteboard snipers come in and then they sort of look around. <laughs> you know? um, but uh, the big thing is, is that some people would uh, comp- compromise their form, their range of motion, just to get a faster time. Yeah. Uh, what can that lead to? That can lead to obviously dishonesty, and um, maybe injury as well. A yeah. Bit further down, you know. Yeah. Trying to go too heavy or such and such did that that x amount of rounds. Um, so that was, I just got fed up. You know, when you're writing someone's score up, you can just look at them and go, "It's bullshit." It's bullshit. It causes arguments between you know, and no one likes like negative chat in the gym. Of yeah. always like someone finishing the workout and everyone else is like, mm, yeah. "Like no, he hasn't. He didn't do this." Blah blah. blah. Yeah, and I get over it. Don't you? <laughs> the main, the main, <laughs> <laughs> the microphone keeps. Yeah, it's not. It's your headphones. Your microphone's still working. Okay. It's, it's, um, it's, yeah. <laughs> thing for me <laughs> John C knows exactly what's going to be said <laughs> is um, I think it's a real test of how hard you want to work yeah. when the score doesn't go on the board I agree when when no one really sees you finish and, and you just you just finish your workout and then quietly you know sit down and don't shout time over elaborately and let everyone yeah. know yeah. like it's a real it's a real test when you come in like some people want to come in and they want everyone to see them finish the workout and they want everyone to see them do well and that's what kind of motivates them but if you're the person that can come into the gym and still absolutely smash yourself and work hard without any you're going to get recognition off the coach the coach will see you finish will come over and congratulate you but you don't get to you know shout time and everyone know that you know they beat you that person consistently over time is going to be better yeah it's going to be better and just going to be have a much better work ethic as well I think one of the things that I've seen is that is that the people that were the people that were handing in what I would say is honest scores are still the people that are working the hardest and that are improving the fastest. And the people that I believe that sometimes, yes, I, I would call people out for cheating because they're simply unable to do. You know, one 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 of the funny things is is someone said to me the other day when it was a, when it was hammer time when it's hundreds working. They're like, "How do you know he cheated?" Like obviously, I cannot count the reps for sixteen to twenty people in a room that are doing hundreds, but it's actually quite simple to see on time, right? Yeah. It's quite simple to see that I know that when you've done a uh, uh, hundred of everything, and then it comes to you know hundred air squats, hundred push-ups, hundred lunges, and then you've got to come to hundred burpees. You can't do hundred burpees fresh in six minutes. So yeah. how have you done it in four and a half? Yeah. It's like <laughs> you know, and even even one guy turned around to me and he 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 was really impressed with himself. He said. Today I didn't cheat. <laughs> I was like, well, this is a memorial workout anyway, so I wouldn't expect that you cheat. And I said, I know that you didn't cheat because I know your times. And I was just wandering around the gym and writing on the boards every time when he finished a certain exercise and went to the next exercise. And I said, I know you didn't. He said, how do you know I didn't cheat? I said, because I know how long it takes by the time. But uh, but I, I, I think as well, I think you're absolutely right, Phil, is that if people have their goals aligned and the workouts are still the same, yeah. it's up to you sort of how hard you push each other. One thing or, I didn't or, like... Or yourself, really. When yeah. we used to write them, and this was more applicable to the nighttime classes, because yeah. obviously all the morning classes were on the board, and, and certain people would would know that some people in the morning class were really good. Yeah. Uh, or not even really good, just at the same ability as them. Yeah. So they would look at their score on the board, and all they would do is push themselves hard enough to beat, to that, beat that, score. that score when it could have been something that the person in the morning was really bad at just a, yeah. weak, a complete weakness workout for them the nighttime person it might have been everything that they're good at yeah. but all they cared about was beating that score by the, the least amount possible and, it, and instead of pushing themselves as hard as they can 
it's also a case of what as well of 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 how many people in in the gym in a crossfit gym have exactly the same goals as you so why you i think sometimes it's a good benchmark and 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 that's I mean, when I'm teaching, that's what I do. I, I want to know how many rounds you've done. I want to know how many honest rounds you've done. I mean, obviously, when we're doing our benchmark tests, it's important that we get people's scores so we can progress people through the zones. But, you know, I want to I understand that people are pushing themselves hard enough. But related to their own goals, everyone's got different goals, right? So it's, it's, if you're, you're absolutely right, Phil, is that people would come in at night, see the scores from the morning, and the guy in the morning has got completely different goals to you. So why do you really care? Those cheers um, as well. I'm very, very good at counting multiple people at once. Yeah, that's a, Scanning that's a the skill. Room. That's very a good. Skill. So watch how many, out. How many can you count at once, mate? Comfortably? Six. No, you can't. <laughs> Seven. Seven. Really? No, I, I'm Do good at counting multiple people. How many, though? I don't know. I think my limit's almost it depends about how, how three spread, to how four. spread out they are. No, but mate, at once is at once. Everyone's doing the exercise. How many can you count at once? Six. Really? Last night's workout, the second part, the... 210 thrusters. That's pretty easy to yeah, count. You can easy. get a lot of people there. I saw a few pangers in there. Really? The key is you've got to shout and you look at them out the corner of your eye. Yeah. But you cheer for someone else. Yeah. So they get distracted <laughs> and think, oh, he's cheering <laughs> for that guy. He's not, all he's not looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> so then he like does eight reps. I'm like, hey, yeah. Right. <laughs> the best thing is standing Omar, behind get someone. back inside. <laughs> Stand behind someone. They don't know where you are. <laughs> I think one of the best I've seen recently is on, on it was on the 15s. It was 15 reps of burpees, and a guy did eight. Eight. That's that's uh, that's solid cheating. That's, that's really, really good, good cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't mention who he is, but I think one person will be listening who will know exactly who he is because she was there when he did it. <laughs> so yes, I don't even know. Six <laughs> people at once. That's. Uh, I could. Co- I think I can confidently, <laughs> confidently count for four people at once. But at the same time, sometimes you just, it's hard. But it would just be good if they, if people just didn't cheat. Yeah. Because <laughs> as a coach, it saves you the hassle of just of count, counting. Yeah. yeah. You want to coach people. You want to yell at people. You know. Oh, I could be on the phone or I'd be doing all sorts <laughs> of different stuff if I didn't have to. Yeah. Like if people knew the technique as well, I wouldn't even have to teach them that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but it's true as Get well. Out. It's like it's honestly, and I, I, I've had it sometimes. I've, I've. I, I want to make a bit of a point from this, obviously, but I, I've had it sometimes where where people have argued back against me yeah. for telling them. But that they did do. But but they're like, no, I've done it. What well, you haven't? Yeah, you know? and send some. But trust s- me, I can count to six. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> you like, can't. That's a, that's a funny thing as well, isn't it? It's like if it's seven or something, and yeah. they've done five. I I just don't understand. You know, and if you are one of those people who who can't count properly, then there's a load of different ways that you could help yourself count properly. You know, go back to school, learn. I don't know, but no, right, right on the floor, put chalk marks on the floor, do whatever. But if you've come all the way to the gym, if you've paid the money, you're participating in the workout. Like, why not just do it properly? Flax. It's uh, what do you think about cheaters? Don't like it. No. <laughs> Flax just goes the wrong way in races. It's not. Uh, it's difficult to cheat in in. In uh, in race, I remember at school we used to we used to have some kids though that in cross country they'd try and cheat, but generally in in it's pretty uncommon. It's pretty uncommon. Yeah, because are there many ways to cheat in triathlon, mate? No, because you're time chipped, so you have to cross uh, timing points. It's an interesting. No, we, could find a, we could find a way. I, I remember <laughs> around six or eight months ago, I was actually listening to the sort of the future of fitness, competitive fitness, um, and and the ability to put different points on a human and what points they'd have to put on to actually make sure that because there's cheating in your reps the number of reps you've done and then there's if it's a 
Airsquat or something and just doing what Phil Gould does and just yeah. not, you know, just, just not go. So there's this device he, that they... He cheated w- three times in a row, though, to be fair to him. He did the workout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, if he listens, he'll be shocked. Oh, so. It's another court order. Right? <laughs> yeah, another... Co- yeah. Well, it was his mate that sent us the last court order. So. But, yeah, they're, ta- they're talking about actually having a, a device on your knee and then on your hip. So when it goes below, like... Ah. Oh, okay. So I know it's a lot easier Thanks. for the for the chips in in endurance sports. We should we should really wrap it up there. But one big thank you to to Flanners for coming in and sort Flags of it. Pleasure. Blessing, us, pleasure. blessing us with his knowledge. Yep. Obviously, if you want one of those long meetings with him, then, then just <laughs> minimum <laughs> one hour. Minimum <laughs> one hour. He doesn't just book 30, 30 minute meetings. So please, he'll give you the full once over <laughs> training peaks. He'll teach you how to use that. Yep. Then to analyze and reanalyze, drop him an email nf at innerfight.com or our normal email address winning at innerfight.com. He does have, I think you talk down some of the athletes you have within your stable, mate. You've got quite a uh, quite a bunch, taken a lot of people just this year only from really couch potatoes to finishing Ironman triathlon. That's no joke. Yeah, yeah. So you, you actually, you've coached two girls that have summited Everest. Yep. Wait, we should actually uh, we should write a whole uh, yeah. whole list of honors and put it in the toilet or something. For, I mean, you know, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> Get it on Instagram. Get it on Instagram. But no, seriously, Flanners has he, he, he's someone that's competed at, at the highest level. We, we shouldn't we didn't even mention that Kona World Max. Championships in Kona. Yeah, raced for Great Britain in sprint distance triathlete. Yeah, your CV's not as bad as as as, as, as I thought it's it might so, be. Mate. It's just a bit historical. <laughs> yeah, mate, you're an old man like me. It's the way it goes. I'm, it back, I'm back out of retirement, dominating back again. Back out of retirement. So off to Russia this weekend for another race. Good luck. Hopefully you don't... Last time you were there, you celebrating before the finish line. Hopefully you cross the finish line Small before, problem. before you start. <laughs> I've only got to do the swim this time, so I'll be okay. Is it team this time? Yeah. Who's running for you, Rinat? No. Somebody I don't know. It'd be fun, actually. Yeah. It's a no, guy, uh, guy, they guy. speak English? Yeah, luckily. Okay. Right. <laughs> Mate, we appreciate your time. And folks, if you do have an endurance goal or if you just do want to get a little bit better at running same as the stuff that phil and those other crossfit games athletes are following give flanners a shout or or give us a shout directly jonesy thank you thanks as always yeah. phyllis thank you as yeah. always i don't think we've upset too many people this week except the cheats see you later <laughs> thank you to the coaches and thank you listeners for tuning in to this episode of the podcast and thanks also for your questions please keep them coming winning at innerfight.com and of course if you have any comments or questions about this podcast just drop us an email winning at innerfight.com or hop over to the post innerfight.com slash podcast 184 please also to take a moment to hop over to itunes rate the podcast for us that'd be absolutely awesome until next time take care